Welcome to the Public Services Reform podcast from the Centre for Market and Public Organisation at the University of Bristol. I'm Ramesh Vaitalingam and I'm talking to Christopher Hood, who is our first uh, guest interviewer. He's a Gladstone Professor of Government at All Souls College, Oxford, and he's also Director of the Public Services Research Programme funded by the Economic and Social Research Council. Chris, why don't you start off by telling us a little about this new programme? It's been going for just over a year now. Its job is to fund up to about 30 projects over five years, looking at public service performance through a range of different methods. We like to work through what we call a James Bond approach to methods, that is to say using a variety of techniques that we can use for different kinds of problems rather than just one single uh, methodological approach and we're using the whole range of the the social sciences from anthropology to statistics. Now one of the big issues you're going to be looking at is uh, performance targets in public services isn't it and this this has been a long-term interest of yours. Tell us a little about your, your, uh, your, your thoughts, your views, your research findings in this area. We know a lot about targets and the way that they behave because they have been around for a long time. There are at least three classic problems with targets as a way of managing public services. One is what's called the ratchet effect, another is what's called the threshold effect, and the third is various forms of output distortion. If I take the ratchet effect, If I'm producing some quantity of something or other, cardboard boxes or whatever it is, and you are responsible for giving me my annual production target, if I produce 100 cardboard boxes this year, what will your target for me next year be? Well, it's going to be 100 plus some percent, um, dependent on uh, how you're feeling about me. Now, if I know that you're going to base my next year's target on my current production plus some increment, and I expect to be around in the future, I'm going to make sure that my current production is well within the limits of what I can comfortably produce, so that if you do raise my target in the future, I'm still going to be able to live reasonably comfortably. If this effect becomes substantial, it means that managers hold their production levels down to well below their production possibility frontier. That's one classic problem with targets. Another is the so-called threshold effect. If you have a range of production units who are varying in their quality. Some are very, very good, others are terrible, many are somewhere in between. If you send, say they're all producing cardboard boxes, if you produce a, if you set a target figure that is around about the average or towards the higher end of average, then those who are really, really good at making the cardboard boxes um, will have no incentive to produce much better than the target level. And 
therefore they, their in, incentive is to cut back on their production or to become less efficient. And that's a, a threshold problem. That's a, a, a problem also very widespread in, in target systems. To some extent, the threshold effect and the ratchet effect are uh, trade-offs in the sense that the more you try to get out of one, the more you'll tend to get into another. You can avoid the threshold effect by setting each organisation its own target and not a flat target applying to all organisations. If you do that, you will get more ratchet effects. Equally, if you try to get out of the ratchet effect by setting all organisations the same target, you will ipso facto increase the threshold effect. The third type of classic problem is the uh, distortion of production in some form or another. Unintended um, distortion of production in order to conform with what is measured uh, rather than necessarily um, what is valued. And an example that is commonly cited is the target system that was used in this country in World War II to produce aircraft. And there the target was set in terms of completed aircraft. What that meant was that in order to hit the target, no spare parts were produced because there was no incentive in the target system to produce spare parts. Um, all the effort went into producing, quotes, completed aircraft, many of which immediately on having been completed were then pulled apart again because what you really needed was spare parts to to fuel or to keep running all the grounded aircraft that, that couldn't run because there weren't any spare parts for them. And that's another endemic problem with target systems and it relates to the, the limits of measurement and the way that the measurement point is set. So that if, for example, you set a target for drug treatment in terms of treatments commenced, you'll find that not many will will be completed. If you just measure at a single point, um, you'll find that kind of distortion occurs. These then are the, are the three classic kinds of problems with target systems. And they, as I say, can be related to one another. In the most recent round of public service targets in Britain, in general, um, we haven't seen ratchet-type effects very strongly because in many cases organisations have all been set the same target. So I think we should be more worried about threshold effects than ratchet effects. But the more we would try to deal with the threshold effect by setting individual targets, the more we could expect to encounter ratchet effects. Now the classic case of a target culture was the Soviet Union, and of course, the, the story ended there with, with collapse and uh, the, 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 end, the, end of, uh, the end of the system. You, you've made some comparisons between uh, our, our present uh, target uh, culture and, and what happened in the Soviet Union. Well, I think the comparisons are, 
are very interesting. I, I don't think one should be too negative about the Soviet system. The target system there lasted for 60 years, and certainly in the 1930s, um, the picture of the Soviet Union was a country going through dramatic industrialization at a time when the countries in the West were all uh, stagnating in the, uh, in, 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 the, in the Great Depression. Moreover, the Soviet Union um, was one of the victorious powers in, in World War Two, so the 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 target system, as I say, lasted for sixty years, and in in some ways had some remarkable successes. The real problem with the target system in the Soviet Union, particularly after Stalin's death in nineteen fifty three, was that ratchet effects seem to have become more and more serious. There, there were certainly production distortion effects as well. Even in the 1950s, Soviet economists were working on comparisons of the weight of Soviet objects uh, relative to comparable things made in the West, whether it's cars or, or ashtrays or, or even yarn. Um, because all the production targets were set in tons, the incentive was to have things as heavy as possible. And, and consequently, Soviet cars and ashtrays and yarn could all be shown to be very much heavier than their Western uh, counterparts. And that was a, certainly a, a problem. But the ratchet effect was also serious. And paradoxically, as managers got to be more secure after Stalin's death in 1953, um, the more they expected to be around in the future... Um, as their future became more assured and therefore the more they worried about being able to produce um, within comf a comfortable margin in future target rounds and so the consequence of that ironically is that Soviet pro uh, productivity seems to have been seriously affected by the ending of the terror <laughs> I have actually Suggested that in the in in the case of um, Britain, specifically England, um, because England has really been the country where targets have been uh, applied uh, within the British countries, um, that England is probably the right size for a target system that has real teeth. Um, because it is possible to have an element of terror. Of course, I don't mean gulags and death camps and the like, but I mean um, a system that is large enough for there to be, for it to be possible to do severe damage or potential damage to the careers of of individuals who don't take the target seriously. In a way, that's probably harder in the smaller countries where there are fewer local authorities, fewer um, hospital trusts, etc., and where it's rather more difficult to get enough social distance in the process to be able to do that. And I think that may possibly be why the English target experience has been very different from that of Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. So is, is, the, is this, this target culture a, a new labour thing, or do, do, does it go further back? Oh, it certainly goes further back, in the sense that 
as I've already said, you, you, you can trace things like wartime production targets back even to First World War, certainly Second World War. You can see uh, parties making pledges on things like housing starts in the 1950s, um, which was the, the, the key uh, sort of public service target of those days in which the Labour and Conservative uh, differed then. And also, um, at the middle levels of, of, of government, it's been very common to have clear-up targets for things like welfare services, employment services, and the like. And those have always been present, or been present for a very long time, likewise in the tax bureaucracy. Stakes began to change, I think, in the 1980s and 1990s in the sense that with the creation of executive agencies from the late 1980s, you begin to get targets set for each executive agency, whether it's the driving licenses agency or the child support agency or what have you. And in each case, you have targets that, that are assigned to the, that, that are linked to the bonus package of the chief executive. And all that was happening well before uh, Tony Blair and Gordon Brown came onto the scene. What they added in 1998 uh, was specifically the notion of attaching targets to the public spending round uh, beginning 1998, in which 300 targets were then applied to government departments, not executive agencies, but that now bringing government departments into the frame. And so they were experiencing targets for the first time. So no, it's not a, it's not, certainly it's not something that began with New Labour. And in, in fact, in things like the NHS, uh, ironically, New Labour had fewer targets than the previous government. In closing, you, you mentioned that um, that England seems to be perhaps particularly well suited to a to a target culture. But I mean, perhaps you could care to speculate on the on on the future prospects. Or I mean, is this a sustainable um, way of way of running a country? I think that it probably is going to be much harder to work with a target system in a cold fiscal climate. And I think we have to remember that the targets that we've seen over the last eight years um, have broadly been in a benign fiscal climate. And they've broadly been associated with large, in some cases very large increases in the real resources going into public services. To the extent that we're moving towards a more normal circumstance, at least um, from the experience of many people's lifetimes in which the climate becomes much less benign then I think targets become will become politically harder to use and it's probably safer in those circumstances to use rankings Christopher, thank you very much <laughs>